Welcome to the Cultured Guitarists. My name is Al, Mighty Al, and with me, as ever, my dear friend, Calamity Casper. Jeez. <laughs> I it came to, grinding to a halt, buddy. You did. It did. I, I was tried like, really hard to think of something really awesome. I, I, I even gave it. you like 20 minutes of lead time going, hey, man. Pro- yeah, you know, you gave me <laughs> nope. too much lead time. Nothing. So I had an anxiety panic and thought of nothing instead. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and want to do. Um, oh, man, dude. I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. I've, uh, so I've been telling my wife all week. I've been kind of freaking out about, about today because I'm, I'm really excited. We have a really, 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 really cool person on the show with us today um would you like to say say hi hi <laughs> <laughs> i love how those come through every time <laughs> i know that's great so we have uh, and I, she just told me how to say this so i'm trying to say it right because i'm bad with names lila cd layla no. city dang it oh my gosh i was concentrating so hard on cd <laughs> That's right. Wrong. I'm sorry. I am no utter... worries. I'll just say it. My name is Layla CD. <laughs> such a goof. Wait. All right. That's that's fine. I'm I'm not upset that one of the people I was most excited about having on I messed up their names. I won't carry that into therapy later on at all. Um. <laughs> how you doing, Layla? I'm doing pretty good. I. Yeah, I had kind of a long day, but I'm feeling pretty chill right now, which is nice. Excellent. Well, um, you know, I usually start off with one of us or ask Casper, but uh, I'm going to let's start. Let's start with you. How was your week? Like, what did you do music wise or guitar wise or, you know, what's what's new in that field this week? Oh, my week was huge guitar wise. I finished uh, I finished two builds. I started them. I guess kind of in the summer, but really, really got into the builds in September. And uh, I I finished them, I guess, on Monday, you know, final inspection and all that kind of stuff. And um, took photos of them on Tuesday and uh, shipped them off. Or no, yeah, I took photos on Monday um, and they got picked up by the shippers on Tuesday. And I'm... I'm anticipating that they've been delivered at some point today. So it's kind of a, yeah, kind of a big day or kind of a big week for guitars for sure. Is it, is it, is it like, it almost reminds me of like a, a, like the way you're talking about it reminds me of like a a kid getting a present, but you're actually giving a present. (laughs) I actually thought of it as like, you know, sending a child off to college, you know, you're letting them out of the nest. Seems like (laughs) (laughs) people people often make the comparison between guitars I build and children, but I I definitely don't see them that way. I (laughs) (laughs) if I had one, I would treat it like my own child. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I hope that that's true. (laughs) It is. My my Kronbauer lives in my bedroom with me. (laughs) (laughs) You think you you think maybe you approach it that way, dude, because you're. Uh, uh, a dad? Yeah, maybe. No, maybe that's, that's probably the easiest way to relate to it. I can't imagine what it's going to be like to send my kids to college or, you know, move them out of the house. I mean, if they're anything like you, that won't be it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Al. Just kidding, just mo- ruined a microphone with I was, tea. I was kidding. And you solve all our technical issues every week anyway, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, was were they both uh, teeny tunas or was a, a baratuna in the mix or... No, they were both teeny tunas, and uh, 
the people I sent them to waited for about a year, over a year for their guitars. Um, and it's such an immense sort of process of trust. Like somebody kind of places an order and starts sending me cash so I can buy supplies and that sort of thing. And then they just kind of wait for such a long time before they get it finally. Um, it's a real honor to participate in a process like that. And over time, you kind of get to know people. I'm sort of emailing back and forth, making decisions together, or, you know, just, I don't know, about body color or wood choice or whatever. And um, yeah, so it's sort of, it's like, uh, I don't know how to describe the feeling of sending them off. I feel like I've been holding my breath for um, 24 hours, just sort of waiting to hear that they arrived safely. Um, but uh, yeah, they were both teeny tunas and they uh, they look quite different from each other. One I've been posting online. It's a green body color with a cream pick card. I and, have that in uh, front of me. Yeah, we were Yeah, it's so <laughs> got a walnut neck and an Indian rosewood fingerboard. Um, and the, the body wood is sick as spruce. Um, the other one I, I suppose I could talk about because it'll probably arrive by the time um this airs but uh it was kind of a nice story i we had talked about this guitar being blue and at one point i sort of sent a blue swatch to the person just saying like what do you think about this color and he said oh i i don't like it he didn't he didn't like the blue which is totally fine and there was so much time i just you know i was like we'll find a color you like and he wrote back to me and he said you know actually, I, I feel like I've sort of become rigid around the things that I like and don't like. So I just want you to surprise me. Oh, and so I, I, I thought that's what was happening. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> a, that is that's awesome. Awesome person. So I ended up not going with blue at all, but going with a color scheme that nobody's ever asked about. Um, but one that I've been dreaming about for some time. And I really hope he likes it. I I like it, um, but it's definitely nothing that we ever discussed. So oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Oh, well, I hope uh, I hope you post pictures of it when you can, and we get to see it. I of course, of course, I will. I've been saving photos, and I'll I'll put them online. But I didn't want to ruin the surprise for him, so I ke I've kept it offline. I've kept it offline um until he sees it in person hopefully today maybe tomorrow oh that's awesome that now, so man cool. i'm so eager <laughs> yep i was like okay so later on we're going to talk about how i order my guitar and that's what we're going to do okay <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i um you know what i'm having trouble like i'm usually really i'm i'm i'm, I'm usually a pretty smooth and, and clever person not really no that's not <laughs> okay well i thought i was uh Smooth and clever. Uh, but I'm actually having trouble with you because you're somebody I've really, like, I've genuinely admired for a long time. Uh, since what I about? First... What about what about my, your perception of me, I suppose? <laughs> um, I don't know if I could say, okay, I, I, maybe I should back up and say, I don't know if I can say my perception of, of you, but of your work. Um, okay. Because I, you know, we're just getting to know you. <laughs> you seem yeah. really awesome and really nice, so that my perception thus far is excellent <laughs> uh, but I, your your work uh first off i'm uh you know not new to guitar but i am new to 
I would say in the last three, four years, uh, I've become a lot more uh, aware of how many cool builders and, and stuff are actually in Canada. And I've made it mm-hmm. a point to try and get to know them. Um, and it's become a real passion of mine, uh, which is partly why I'm trying to make as much of my uh, touring equipment Canadian made as I possibly can. Not that cool. I don't love stuff made elsewhere and won't use stuff made elsewhere as well. But um, you were the first um, electric guitar focused person okay. that I found that was in, you know, what I consider like my neighborhood mm. <laughs> or my old neighborhood, I should say, Edmonton, Alberta. Um, so I guess that was kind of like, you, you, that was how I kind of was first like, oh my gosh, this, <laughs> and then as I kind of followed you and stuff, it was just like, I, I loved your style. I loved your ideas and, and approach to building. I love the, you've got this mix of like, it reminds me of something completely original and somehow all the best quirkiness of like Tysco and, uh, 60s Japanese stuff, um. And I have no idea if that's what you were going for. But that's just what I uh, took from it, and and I love mm. it. So I'm, I'm a little bit like, I don't know. You you, you should never meet your heroes because you're not always the coolest in front of them. <laughs> Dude, you're, yeah, you're, yeah. you're, you're hand talking like a. Champ I know. I'm ha- I'm waving my hands yep. like crazy. Um, yeah, it could be a real disappointment today. Who knows? Uh, uh, I, I, don't I doubt that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so I I kind of hear like what I was saying about the 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 modern cool like like it's such a great mix of what i would perceive as super super retro-esque but not it's super modern too and it's just new and fresh and you're employing some elements that are like i'm just blown away by as well you know having listened to some of your instruments and i don't know i'm if there's a wait list i'm on it (laughs) (laughs) you're really man you were you were out there, sir. I love it. You're I just making verbal commitments. You're... <laughs> yeah, there's there is a wait list. I bet. But, yeah. <laughs> I would I'm be very surprised if there wasn't. Um, yeah. Well, can you can we maybe we'll just start real simple. How did you get started? Like, where mm. did you where did you what drew you to Lou Three? Um, what made it more than just a passion and a hobby and straight into something where you're 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 doing it? Yeah, I honestly, I in some ways, I feel like I entered into Luthery pretty accidentally. I I, I think that <laughs> I think that it sort of represents a lot of aspects of my life where um, I things are just kind of, you know, things sort of present themselves and I kind of go with it. And then, you know, in this case, um, just like in some others in my life, I just kind of ended up ocean deep but um i i've told the story a number of times before but basically i i think i've always been sort of a handy person um like always kind of tactile and curious about how things work mechanically um but i didn't explore that curiosity voraciously through you know through my childhood um although my neighbors and I were always making games up and doing that sort of thing but um and then I started to volunteer at a bicycle shop 
Um, there's like a community bike shop here in Edmonton that sort of supports people to fix their own bikes and bikes get donated so people can buy like a cheap sort of $40 bike and then rent out time in the in the workshop for $2 an hour and learn from volunteers how to fix their bike. And I was working on a farm, on a strawberry farm, and there was this old bike by a barn and it was abandoned and I asked if I could have it and they gave it to me. And then I took it to the bike shop and it needed a lot of work. So I ended up just learning from volunteers how to fix this bike up. And it's a really lovely environment and Skillshare because, you know, if I've learned how to fix a flat tire and I'm, but I'm still sort of learning how to replace a bottom bracket or clean it out or, you know, yeah, clean out a hub or something like that, somebody else might come in who needs help fixing a flat tire. And so at the same time as I'm a learner, I also became a volunteer and sort of teaching people what I knew. Um, and I volunteered at that shop for years, many years. It was a huge part of my life. Um, and from there, I started to, I started to sort of interact with bike, bicycle parts in different ways. Like I wasn't always fixing or dismantling bikes. Sometimes I'd start to make other things like little I don't know, like little stools or like wind chimes or just like other things out of bike parts. And um, in working with metal in that way, I kind of realized that I didn't like working with metal very much, that I was more drawn to other materials. And in particular, I was curious about wood. And I, I made just a very small project. Um, I found some drawers in an abandoned laboratory and I brought them back to the bike shop and I took two by twos and plywood and just made a chest for these drawers. And I mean, it was way too heavy and not great. I mean, don't think that it was some piece of fine furniture, but it was. Cool. I was actually worried that you created a Batman villain or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's how those and stories so, start. <laughs> totally. So, and God knows where it is now. It's probably in the dump or I, who knows, but I, um, but it really was exciting to me. And so I, I ended up, um, I ended up taking a program called women building futures, which is, um, which is aimed at, getting women prepared to work in the trades. And in particular, Alberta is all about oil extraction and the tar sands up north. Sure and so is. it's about <laughs> it's about sort of getting women to, you know, work up north. Um, and I knew that that wasn't aligned with my values at all. And I didn't want to do that, but I did want the skills. So I took the program. It was funded by the Alberta government and an oil company, actually. Um, and from there I was supposed to do like a two week work placement and there was a furniture builder in town who I ended up meeting. And I just said, like, I need to fulfill this requirement for my program. Will you take me on for two weeks? And he said, yes. And that would, that ended up being turning into four years together of, uh, building fine furniture. And he just, his name's Brad Gertz and he taught me so so, so much and so generously. And then in Alberta, I mean, we're not in Europe. So it's to be a craftsperson here is really hard. People are like, why wouldn't I just buy a table at Ikea? You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's very, they, very much my memory of, of living in Alberta is just 
not as artsy as I would have liked that province to be. Yeah, totally. So we, so he needed to move on from the shop and um, get a job that could pay his bills and stuff. And I, I had a job part time that was paying my bills, and and I wanted to stay and keep learning. But the way I learn is very much from other people. Is kind of why the bike shop worked for me. It's like I just I I don't do well reading books and learning from them, but I I do really well when in in the context of like hands on kind of instruction. Um, and there was a an acoustic guitar builder who was part of our shared shop, um, named Dion, and I just asked him if I if he could just continue to teach me if he would teach me how to build an electric guitar. And he said yes. And then throughout the process, it took a year for me to build my first guitar. And it was like a factory copy. It was like a Fender Music Master copy. Um, but uh, it took me a year. And throughout the process, like he'd just kind of ask me, do you like it? Like, is it, are you enjoying this process? And I'd say, yeah, I actually really enjoy it. And he just said, I think you should keep going. And so I did. <laughs> and that's the story. Well, that also answers uh, one of my follow-up questions, which is going to be, how did you and, and Dion connect? Because I, I know you uh, <clears throat> are, are close and, 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 and work together, but I wasn't sure how that came to be. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, Dion and I have a lot of social overlap. So the first time I met Dion, I had made that chest of drawers, and I was really kind of curious about woodworking and about tools. Um, so I went to an auction with a friend of mine. There was this woodworker who had passed away and his shop was being auctioned off basically. And, uh, I was there with a friend of mine from the bike shop and he knew Dion cause Dion rides his bike and fixes his bike. And so he, so I got introduced to Dion at an auction <clears throat> and apparently Brad, the furniture builder was also at that auction, but I didn't get to meet him that day. Um, and, and then then we sort of shared a shop and that's when we that's when we really started to develop a friendship um and now it's like i don't know it's hard it's it's hard to attach a single word to my relationship with dion i often call him my mentor but i think it's just because that term is not used so often and it to me just encompasses this encompasses the the just this sort of depth and intimacy um, involved in learning a very, very hard thing um, with the support of somebody who, you know, is just like willing to put up with <laughs> all your self-doubt and all your BS. And <laughs> you know, there's a lot of uh, respect inherent in that title as well, and it goes to show yeah. just how you feel about them. I love it. It, yeah. it reminds me of uh, like 70s kung fu movies. Right, say. but I mean, you know. Okay, listen. I was going to say. I know that was, I was a cheese say the, ball reference, but say the Jedi. You know? uh, no, uh, well, know. I mean that too, kind of. But like, <laughs> you know, the term mentor is respectful mm -hmm. and and close, but it it implies a little more of a one on one thing. It implies a a deeper trust, a deeper friendship, almost a, a family kind of thing. Um, yeah, it's, it's we're, not like saying you're their apprentice. It's it's like yeah. it's, I don't know. It's, it's good, yeah, I think you chose your word well. Yeah, yeah, and we are we are like family. Like we, it's it's not uncommon for, um, for Dion and I and our our third shopmate 
Adam of Turley Guitars. Um, he's an acoustic builder and he also, um, Dion's also a mentor to him and his work is amazing. It's so worth checking out. Um, and obviously Dion's work is just so good. Um, yeah, I, and, I've been following uh, him for a while as well. I, I'm yeah, also yeah. a big fanboy. Yeah, I yeah, with good reason. Um and uh yeah, it's not it's not uncommon for the three of us to be in the shop and just sort of reflect on how special that space is because the relationships there are I don't know, simultaneously professional, they're they're so personal. You really get to know people when you're doing just hard things and learning together. Um it's a very it's it's hard to categorize or hard to describe but we somehow have managed the three of us to create a very special space um <laughs> well, in our shop i i you know i think the phrase familiarity breeds contempt uh, stops short um i think familiarity can either breed contempt or it can breed family <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. yeah sure i love you too buddy yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so how long have you been selling and 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 taking commissions and, and doing tuna tone as a as a thing and also i know you've shared it before but please please tell us about the name oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah um i've been i guess i've been selling guitars uh ah that's a good question i i, I i'm in a position which is really nice which is um, that I have never built a guitar that didn't have a home to go to. Um, I built one where the home it went to was my own home. Um, and that was like a prototype model that I kind of, if somebody's in Edmonton and wants to check out, you know, wants to check out a guitar, I kind of have a demo I can show them. Um, and, uh, over the last month, just the month of January, I decided that I wanted to learn how to play the guitar and so it's sort of yeah it's the guitar that i mostly played um for that month although the month is over and i've i've uh, definitely fallen off that wagon um, a little bit i'm so sorry to interrupt you yeah. both of us just kind of had a little like freak out moment in awe. what's that absolutely you, you didn't play awe. guitar before this oh no before the one riff a day challenge no i mean wow. i took like I took maybe, I don't know, I think it was like four lessons before, uh, just very shortly before the month started. I um, am. But I was so bad at practicing. Oh my goodness. I was we all so... Are. It's okay. I just couldn't do it. But I think, the, I think the intensity and the sort of commitment to the one riff a day challenge was like, I don't know, it did something. <laughs> I, I am I'm, floored. Right I now. am absolutely <laughs> in awe. Amazement. Am. That is crazy. I mean, I, it shouldn't be. Leo Fender never learned to play, and, and I mean, man changed the world, but that's yeah. amazing. That's super cool. That's really yeah, I'm cool. Definitely, I'm definitely not a guitar player. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so I built that first bass. Uh, Shoot, I I'd have to look back in my Instagram to figure out when it was done. I think 2016, maybe. Um, and then my that was my first guitar. My second guitar, I spent eight months building, and that's when I started to design guitars. Um, and 
that one took me about eight months to build and it was it was a gift for dion um just to thank him for his mentorship Aww. um mm -hmm. and then the third one was the my demo guitar it was like the prototype and that was like the first teeny tuna um was that the uh the the pink one that went briefly yeah. missing yes yeah that's the one um yeah that guitar has been on a number of adventures and uh and then after that, every guitar that I've made, I've sold. Yeah, um, wow. have been like commissions for people. So I don't, I don't know exactly, I don't know exactly timeline wise what, uh, like, what the timeline is exactly. But I think I started building guitars in 2015 or 2016. Um, yeah, probably 2015, and then I finished that bass in 2016. It took me a year. Um, yeah, and then the name, the name <laughs> Tuna Tone comes from. So, I recently, I mean, in the spring, my cat passed away, who's so dear to me. Um, and her name was Tuna, and she was just like very much a community cat. Like she, you know, she just had her own kind of attitude. I mean, she was so sweet, but also so bad and just a really kind of demanding and perfect little nugget and so she so she was not just beloved by me but my whole community of friends and so we would just name everything after tuna like my house is called tuna town and there's a sign in the house that says tuna town <laughs> so we just yeah we just like she would just be included in everything if we had a a potluck or um <laughs> sort of a family dinner with you know with friends we'd just we'd say that we were celebrating tuna's birthday and even if it happened every few weeks like it would still <laughs> it would, it'd just be we'd be celebrating tuna's birthday uh, she was just the central sort of person in yeah, our in love, our community love personality in a small bundle of fur yeah and so it just made sense that the guitars were called Tuna Tones. Oh, I love it. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it's funny. The way the way it happened was the, the first bass I made was for my friend Jenny. And uh, she and Jenny and Tuna were such good friends. Just, yeah, such good friends. And uh, just one day, she just called it Tuna Tone. And then we all looked at each other. Jenny, Dion, and I, we just looked at each other and we were like, so good. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's brilliant. I love it. Yeah. I was, uh, I never fancied myself as a cat person um, mm -hmm. uh, until <laughs> I, I got married and I moved to Vernon here. And <laughs> my, I married into a large family of cats. There was five cats and a couple of dogs. Amazing. Um, and now, now I spend most of my time with cats. That's, they're like my best friends. It's weird. That's the dream. Yeah, I mean, I think I should probably socialize more. I'm getting a little worried about myself, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of my, a lot of my Instagram posts are my cats. I've become that person and uh, I have no regrets. <laughs> <laughs> Just looking back here, Layla, and, and your Instagram shows the 22nd of June, 2016 was a photo of your first base. Oh, okay. Thanks for looking. Yeah. Okay. So June, 2016. And so I probably, I started it in 2015, like mid 
mid 2015. I don't think anybody's ever thanked you for Instagram stalking them before. Well, you're <laughs> at least I can do. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. My memory is not good enough for that. So ours isn't either. We have no. your Instagram open in front of us because we need to. <laughs> so many, so much visual-based people. <laughs> Great. Um. So I think one of the most unique things about your instruments, and and something that I've, you know, I've. I've done parts caster type builds using lots of brass, but I, I've mm-hmm. never built an instrument from scratch or had to machine brass or work with it. But you, you do that on every single build. You, you have these glorious, like all in one brass block saddle things that are very <laughs> precision fit, I might say. Mm-hmm. And uh, the captured brass uh, nut is fascinating to me mm-hmm. you're the first person i've ever seen do that until uh, i was recently looking at dion guitars and i noticed he also does the captured nut thing so i'm curious as to about that whole thing as well but uh why yeah. why brass why why that route yeah i you know i mean i think it's funny like i i'm not a guitar player um and so and my entry point into guitar building was very much as a woodworker so I I was very insulated from gear culture going into guitar building. Um, I realize now that to mix metals is kind of a um, an unusual thing. You know, if something is, if some of your hardware is nickel, then all of your hardware is nickel, or if some of it's gold, then it's all gold. Um, and I guess when I started to kind of mix metals to use you know, nickel or chrome, as well as stainless, as well as brass. Um, it occurred to me at that point, like I kind of knew that that was unusual, but I, I wasn't convinced that it would look bad. Um, and so I, I decided to go for it. But the reason that I started to use brass is because it's soft enough for me to work with, with tools in my shop. I can't really work with stainless in the shop. Um, and I could work with aluminum, but again, I think the, I think aluminum and nickel would just look so kind of like almost too close in a way. Um, and so I decided, uh, yeah, I decided to kind of work with brass and I just think that it's, I think it's really pretty. Like I, <laughs> I really like it aesthetically. Um, and so yeah so the choice to so the choice to work with brass was very much like a a choice around kind of the aesthetics of what it looks like but also just accessibility and how and how i can use it i can use files that i have in sandpaper and you know a hacksaw which is basically the tools i use on it um just in the shop and the stainless pieces that i that are uh just unique to my instruments have to get cut outside of the shop Mm. um and so um yeah so brass was just more accessible like a most a more accessible metal to experiment with and the i mean i can talk about the bridge and the net at the same time in the sense that i've learned both from dion um i was the first person out of our shop to use the captured net it was i sort of prototyped it on a previous instrument um and it was on that instrument that we kind of like, yeah, discovered that it was, that it would work. Um, but it was originally Dion's idea. And the, the 
the captured net doesn't it isn't just aesthetic especially on on an acoustic guitar it actually has a, like it actually has sort of a strengthening property for um for sort of where it where it sits at the um on the neck and so um so i learned that i i learned that sort of technique and we decided we had been talking about it for a long time and then finally it was like well maybe i'll just try it on this guitar and so I did, and we both liked it. And now our whole shop uses the the captured net design. Um, and then the bridge is, it's just basically, I mean, it's, I, I aim to, it's through conversations with Dion most often. Um, he's a really sort of mechanical thinker around instruments. It's not about, he he often says to me, like, well, it's not mysterious. Like there's, there's a reason for it, you know, <laughs> like it's, if some, if I'm doing something and it doesn't quite turn out how I'm, how I thought it would, and I can't figure out what went wrong, he, you know, he'll just often say like, there's no mystery to this. Like there, there is a reason we'll figure out the reason. And that's sort of an approach I think he has to instruments in general. And just thinking about not the mystery of like, you know, why a 100-year-old Martin is like the penultimate, you know, acoustic guitar, which I don't believe it is. Um, but rather, like, what makes air move? <laughs> like, it is, like, an acoustic guitar is like an air pump. And yeah, what what makes air move when you sort of cause the strings to vibrate? And like, he'll sort of like break it down into, um, he'll sort of break it down into just these like, like, the most basic and the most fundamental terms and i think my approach to guitars um has been really similar and so in thinking about the bridge it was like well what is the function of a bridge in its simplest and most fundamental terms and ultimately i ended up sort of using this blade kind of design um because i liked it aesthetically but also because all it does is function exactly as an acoustic saddle does. It's just that it's mechanically adjustable. So you can adjust the height of it to adjust your action at the 12th fret. But um, it is very, it is essentially identical to to um, an acoustic saddle and it's intonated in the same way that an acoustic saddle is. Yeah, which I, I find super, I love, I love mm -hmm. it. That's, it's, it's a weird departure from the usual electric guitar thing but it's so elegant in its mm -hmm. delivery you've done a man a man what well, you're just fantastic <laughs> that's the word Fa amazing I'm, you were i got mixing caught between words. amazing and fantastic and i was about to say a mantastic and that really sounds like a whole other thing <laughs> uh, which, uh you know what I, I i brought this up earlier today when al and i were talking about your guitars and i absolutely love the bridge on your guitars. The captured nut is so elegant and so amazing. It's just amazing. But the Thank I was you. talking to Al about this literally this slab of brass. I yeah. can't wait to one day have my hands on one of these and play it because what I've heard is astonishing. And I I had assumed it was a tonal choice because uh, you know a, a lot of instruments use brass because it is a metal that that rings so pleasantly to the ear. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So it's neat that you kind of came at it from a a totally different angle than that and it has that fringe benefit it's but... a, yeah just that it's a fringe benefit instead um, of the actual core purpose that's great and, and adjustability wise I, I i'm assuming that is done via the rear the b back of the instrument or how do you how yeah do you that's it? right 
yeah so you can you you um through the back of the instrument um like the the bridge sits on uh some set screws inside the uh like um inside the slot and um and so through the back you it's just adjustable through an allen key so you just sort of righty tighty the the screw and it'll push it up or lefty loosey the screw and it'll and it'll bring it back down my goodness you are a genius (laughs) it's literally the simplest answer and that's kind of what it seems like your your instruments are it's like you've broken it down into the simplest way to achieve the best result and they're just so elegant and smooth and and it's like of course that's how you do that (laughs) i was was kind of inspired by um i was kind of inspired by um uh well i will say um malinowski guitars uses uh, a blade bridge sometimes not all the time he uses kind of a like varied sort of uh, bridge designs but um seeing his blade bridges was like ah i i think i like the aesthetic of like a really kind of uh streamlined and simple sort of bridge um and same you know same with floating bridges on acoustic or on um arch tops and things like that but um but the adjustability um through the back was uh you know that's how dan electro lipstick pickups are adjustable yeah. They're, mm-hmm. yeah. the screws are in the back and you just kind of righty tighty the screws to to adjust the pickup height which another manufacturer that i've always loved and- mm. Same. Um, they're, they're, Dan Electra is a polarizing company uh, in, in a lot of ways. I think the guitar community tends to be really like, oh, no, 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 not, <laughs> not my thing. Or they're really like, oh, I love them. They're so quirky and fun. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm, not, so, I'm not so familiar with the kind of narratives around Dan Electros. I personally find them to be so brilliant. Um, I, yeah, I'm, think- I'm right with you. Yeah, there. I mean, the whole the whole goal. I mean, from my reading, like the whole goal of uh, of Dan Electro guitars was to make them just super cheap, but also cool. And so, yeah, he used like actual, you know, like actual lipstick kind of containers and wound pickups into them and used you know i i don't know the material that the the kind of stuff that covers amps to oh yeah um, it's it's tolex around the sides to hide the seams of his basically yeah, particle tolex, board bodies exactly. <laughs> yeah and uh, then like there's a there's a base that dion has that he's brought into the shop a few times and like i mean the bridge is like a fret it's like fret wire. I mean, it's not intonated, obviously, but it's like, yeah. I mean, it, you just need a thing to stop the vibration, and that's <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's what they do. Like, I just kind of love it. Like, it is also <laughs> pared down, and I think what I'm trying to do is is sort of, you know, take inspiration from these pared down instruments, uh, like Dan Electros and Silvertones, and just kind of bump up the quality a little bit. That is, or a lot awesome <laughs> oh, i love it you were you 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 commented earlier you were you might disappoint i i would you have exceeded and amazed <laughs> i'm so glad <laughs> yay <laughs> um so do you do you do you consider like do you have um models that you stick to or do you consider each build its own thing 
And if it happens to be close enough to something you've done before, it falls under the teeny tuna banner. Mm. Um, or do you consider like I have a baratuna and the teeny tuna? Like are they set models? Yeah. So I, it really depends. So I, I definitely, I mean, I call my guitars boutique guitars and not custom guitars in the sense that, um, in the sense that, yeah, I like to stick to the models that I have and that that I've designed. Um, but I'm definitely open to conversations around customization, um, be it for playability, you know, nut width, scale length, that sort of thing. Or, um, or you know, if somebody wants a, a second pickup or if some, you know, like I'm, I'm definitely open to conversations that way. But it's rare that I'm, uh, that that I'm sort of like, it's, it's, if somebody contacts me and says like, you know, I'd like a, a handmade SG or something like that. I just say like, I don't think I'm the builder for you. Right. Um, just because I, yeah, I'm interested in building the guitars that I've designed at this point. Yeah. Well, I um, think that would be crazy. The person too. I mean, sometimes you go to a builder to get, the guitar you dream of mm. and yeah. other other times you're going to a builder to get a piece of their vision. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's a good way to put it and up. I'm, yeah. So I'm more, I'm more the latter. Um, and, uh, but recently I, I'm going to have a conversation next week, hopefully um, with somebody who, uh, who just has an idea um, but is nothing that I've built before. And I'm kind of curious about it. So we're talking about potentially a lap steel. Um, and I'm really curious about how it might fit into like the suite of guitars that I've already designed. Um, and yeah, to make a lap steel sort of uh, that, that is also part of the family is kind of exciting. Yeah. I would imagine it would be well within your skill set yeah <laughs> i don't know enough about lap steels i, I want to be the i i almost want to crack an ignorant joke and say well two of your marvelous brass bridges uh at either end uh, right strings in the middle just at the right length and boom <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> lap steel uh but I'm, I'm sure somebody would come along and be like ow <laughs> it's, it's more to it than that you numpty <laughs> Yeah, and I think we're we're talking about some like yeah we're talking about some features that might kind of I don't know yeah that might make it a pretty like hopefully like a pretty weird little the instrument which first I'm excited about Floyd Rose equipped lap steel yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's been really nice I've been I've been able to get some uh, I don't know much about lap steels either so I've been able to get some um help from lenny at daddy mojo instruments and uh oh, eve at cool. eve meister yeah. um who are who've both built laptop or lap steels and uh and so they've kind of been helping me with the i don't know with just any of my questions some of which are just so basic but <laughs> they've been really generous to me have you found uh, that across the the whole spectrum i mean obviously with dion and and everywhere else but uh it kind of fits the mold of the the indie builder community everywhere is that if you need help with something uh someone's there to lend their their expertise or you know give you pointers or however you know kind of like the the bike shop that you were that you were volunteered at mm -hmm. in that way do you find the guitar community has been that way for you as well like every other person we've ever spoken to says <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think there's I think there's different camps in, you know, the guitar building community. It's always community is always a funny word because um 
sometimes, you know, it's, it's hard to know what that reference is, if it's every single guitar builder ever, or if it's, you know, just the people I'm in closest contact with and the people that I'm in closest contact with, who is, who are the people I consider to be my community are definitely just so supportive. And, um, I, I like, I, I really appreciate the help and support I get from that community. And I also really like being asked questions so that I can share what I know or my processes or what I've tried and failed at. Um, and then, I mean, I think there's, I think there's variation among all builders. Some builders don't want to share what they know, or some builders want to learn from others and then patent the idea, you know, <laughs> or, and like, there's just, there's all kinds of, yeah, there's, there's, all kinds, but my particular community, the people that I sort of interact with most often and consider my friends, um, are definitely, are, are definitely so supportive. And, um, two people that Dion learned a lot from when he was part of the mile end co-op in Montreal, um, Jeremy Clark of 52 instrument company and, uh, Mike Kennedy of Indian Hill guitars uh they both studied with Sergei de young and then um were mentors to dion early in his career um and something that that mike says is uh that it's or no sorry something that jeremy says is that like the point is about moving the instrument forward so it's not about the sort of individual mm. ego or something like that but it's like in sharing and in trying something and kind of sharing the successes and failures so that we all learn. It's like the, the whole point is that it, it moves the instrument forward. I love that. Yep. I love that a lot. Yeah. Um, we're, we're both close friends and in close proximity, uh, uh to, um, Ryan Clark, who is, uh, the man behind, uh, Dr. Scientist, uh, effects pedals and such. Um, Oh, nice. And, uh, he, he's often said to us like he's he's happy when everybody's doing well not just his pedals mm -hmm. but everybody when boss pedals do well he he feels it's good for everyone and everybody moves each other forward and everybody drives each other to make the next cool thing and uh, yeah yeah i th i think it's yeah i mean but part of our goal is to bring the guitar community closer together and yeah um and we're finding that <laughs> as we dive into this uh, more as podcasters and and as we get to know more people in the in the gear community and in the player community and such that uh, it's actually a lot closer than we would have known. Oh, we interesting. Chose to look at it, yeah, definitely. So I think uh, I think you're. Yeah, I think it's. I think he's right. Your 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 friend that. Uh, it's about driving the instrument forward, but it's uh, by doing that you're you're all growing closer together because you all have a common yeah. goal. Yeah, that's exactly it. And we're you know we're committed to sort of interacting with one another and showing up for one another in that way. Awesome. This has been one of my favorite, <laughs> totally. favorite ones. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I had a question that I was going to ask you, and it's totally dropped my mind. Um. Oh my gosh! Sorry, I got to see. So yeah, my question came back to my brain, and then I saw a picture of your neck heel and your joint and your <laughs> your neck plates, and I was like, "Gosh, those are good looking." Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, I I design um the process of designing is kind of uh is is so much fun for me. Um and I I so I have a fr- my friend Aaron Parker. He's a he's a wonderful musician and he's a graphic designer as well. And so the process of designing like the two-dimensional sort of aspects of the instruments. Like I think he's been to the shop maybe twice or something, you know, and he 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 sort of jokes about being really hands-off when it comes to like, I don't know, building things or whatever, even mixing colors for paint when I was doing that before I was sending my finishes out. Um and uh but he's very involved in the process. And so what we do is we just get together usually um kind of late in the evening when his kids are in bed and we um just sit with a computer and we you know through the through the weeks like we just send each other pictures of things that we like they're not even necessarily guitars sometimes they're like vintage organs or sometimes they're they're just things that like sort of have a similar mood to what we're going for and then we just sit down and kind of play around with shapes and ideas and he's sort of at the you know, the computer kind of making shapes and I'm often, you know, have like 10 measuring tools, just kind of like, you know, dialing it in being like, okay, this, this is this many millimeters, you know, right? <laughs> and, um, and we just kind of make decisions. Uh, we make decisions together. He's even involved in, in choosing guitar colors. We'll often meet at the hardware store together. Um, and I'll have the necks with me and we'll just kind of look at paint swatches and, um, make decisions together. So it's like, uh, anyway, so just in terms of, uh, in terms of design, it's a collaborative process and I really like it. We just, we seem to just land on the same page so easily. And, um, somehow there's something really affirming about that. Cause I just think like, okay, if the two of us like this and it makes sense, then we're probably not the only two. Probably not. Is that, is that kismet? Kis- is that the word? I don't know. There's, it's a, uh, something like I've heard that word, but I've, I can't yeah. say that I've ever known what it means. It's not a word that I bring up very often, but it's uh, it's kind of a synergy type of word where it's just it, uh, right. Yeah. Um, have you done a lot of two? Like every build of yours I've seen has been a single pickup. Have you done much for two pickup stuff? I've seen or? a couple. Nope, I've never built a guitar that has more than one pickup. Really? Aha! Uh-huh. Hold on now. Yeah. <laughs> I know, maybe I'm looking at, You're something, looking else. at something else. But, um, and yeah. was that a specific choice by you um, for, for any particular reason, or was it an aesthetic one? Or I mean, so many of my choices are aesthetic because, again, I, I, I'm sort of designing from the perspective of um, somebody who's not a player. Um, but I... But I actually, so some of it is like, so it sort of started out aesthetically. Um, but now I, I'm certainly not opposed to building multiple pickup guitars. Um, but I do, I mean, I think something that I'm kind of up to, at least with these two models, the Teeny Tuna and the Berry Tuna, um, is about just sort of like paring down the functionality of the instrument, like just sort of paring it down to its most fundamental elements. And I think keeping it a single pickup instrument is, uh, is aligned with that kind of that paring down or that simplicity. Okay. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. And the, the pickup in the, I mean, in what I've seen of the, the teeny tuna is 
outrageous. It sounds so good. <laughs> it's such a nice sounding pickup. I'm not even a musician and I can tell it's nice. Like, yeah, it's uh, so it's it's hand wound by uh, Ken at Roadhouse pickups. And it's um, you'll see like if you look at a picture of it. So it's not it's not like six kind of pole magnets. It's uh, two bars. Mm. And my understanding, like it's a single coil. So it kind of looks like a humbucker in size but it is a single coil pickup and um my understanding is that he winds the bass and the treble separately um it they there's still a 60 cycle hum it's really quiet but there there is still like that single coil hum um but uh i think in winding the two sort of bars separately he's able to really control just kind of the like the balance and the warmth of the of the um a pickup and um the feedback that i've received around the pickup is that yeah it sounds like really lovely and balanced and warm clean um but it can get really dirty too like put through effects right and i just found it was really really rich in the range you know as mm-hmm. you as you roll what i presume is a tone pot but uh it just yeah. it just gets from the the range of that pickup is so so wide i was just really impressed by it you can't see the hunger in his eyes, but <laughs> it's, it's, it's like there. There's something about a a single pickup, two knob guitar. This is like <clears throat> I have to have, and especially <laughs> something as as elegant and 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 just gorgeous as what you're doing. You know, they're they're uh, I'm, a cut away from the normal. And I'm I love coming it. around to single pickups a lot more than I ever was in the past, but I, I I'm still coming from a background of like. I heart SGs, so I <laughs> right. I have a real hard time getting away from like I need two, three is too many, but I need two. <laughs> yeah, my um, I'm Aaron and I are in the process of designing a new model, and uh, I think that guitar we're gonna um, we're gonna incorporate at least two pickups into it, and the hope is that it's actually not gonna be a hardtail that it's uh, that I'm it's also gonna have. A oh vibrato. my gosh! Oh, oh no, I'm freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we two um, pickups so, and a trem bar <laughs> yeah so there's a there's a guitar builder um he's so wonderful his name's max um heideman in berlin um and uh he's uh he's a guitar builder but he's also an engineer and so i've been working with max around um designing and prototyping um a vibrato unit that would be specific to my instruments and specific to the to the current bridge actually but still have tuning stability oh be um, still my beating heart oh my god <laughs> yeah so we're we're working on it it's really exciting for me um you know, i i get sort of updates on the prototype um as it sort of comes together and it's really really exciting i'm i'm pumped oh about my it. god i am actually like I'm... vibrating yeah. three inches off my chair yeah. right now <laughs> Yeah, we we like to do gear reviews more, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's so awesome. Okay, so I'm going to wait before I get on a waiting list, okay? <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah. Well, when you get on the waiting list now, so yeah. You, you know, yeah. Well, I don't know. That's going to be so done, amazing. That, I, then I you're got there. there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excuse us while we lose our marbles. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I mean, what you've done so far is so fantastic. I can't even imagine um, adding that much more versatility to to what you're doing it was just out of this world yeah i'm really uh i'm really excited about it because i'm i'm 
I mean, part of my aim, of course, is to build instruments that are comfortable to play, that are comfortable for anybody. And, um, but especially focusing on people that have been kind of alienated from uh, like regular sort of factory guitars. And so I make them really lightweight and I try to sort of carve necks in a way that's like accessible for small hands and that sort of thing. Um, and I'm not going to sort of talk about it in too much detail because I'm, I kind of want to keep it under my hat for a minute, oh. but uh, there's uh, <laughs> th I've definitely been thinking about the vibrato unit as like a, as like an ergonomic system as well. And so I'm, I'm going to kind of introduce some elements that are pretty unusual, um, but hopefully make them even more playable. Okay. We will resist begging you for more information, <laughs> but perhaps we can beg a return visit to talk about it when, uh, totally. when we get closer. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, my pleasure. Oh, awesome. <laughs> well, well, it's oh, I I hate I hate this part. I always hate the part where we're running out of time, but <laughs> yeah. we're getting we're getting really close. Um it has been amazing having you. You've you've not only lived up to every hope I had, but uh exceeded and uh and enlightened my heart. Um <laughs> What? Nothing. You're just such a fanboy. I am. Awesome. I, you know, it's awesome. I love I seeing never, you like this, buddy. I never promised to be non-biased on nope. this podcast. I <laughs> like the flat-out gittiness on your face. <laughs> it's been so great. Just, 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 just. I'm trying to be cool here. Okay. Yeah. If my wife were here, she would be dying of laughter because she knows how uncool I truly am, and that's why she married me <laughs> well i mean dirks unite i don't claim to be cool at all so. <laughs> i know uh, but uh, what you what, how you see yourself and how i see you are obviously uh yeah <laughs> gonna work right. out to be differently because i'm right <laughs> i'm irrationally uh appreciative mm -hmm. sure. i don't think it's irrational no it's, uh yeah it's it's justified you're you're awesome and we yeah i appreciate that we love Thank what you're you. doing <laughs> Um. Oh my gosh, I'm trying to think of like some really stunningly cool last question, so I can just like, I can like reclaim some dignity. Yeah, a little bit, but <laughs> you know, I, I, I think at this point it just comes down to just little Dude, details. I'd love to know. Embrace I would like, how it. many how many how many instruments do you build a year, and how many do you want to build a year? Do you want to kind of stay where you are, and and and, or do you want to like become Paul Reed Smith? The uh, um, somewhere in between. <laughs> <laughs> I currently, I currently, I build, uh, two guitars in a four month period. Um, and so that equates to six guitars a year. Um, but I like every build I'm getting just faster and faster like things are just getting kind of dialed in i'm building the right jigs um and just i'm just becoming more kind of familiar with the process i think uh, something that i've really struggled with uh as a woodworker and as a guitar builder is that i just have so much self-doubt around what i'm doing oftentimes or i'm very afraid of failure um and you know what it'll mean to recover from a failure um, not that that, you know, not that worrying about it 
ever prevents it. It's just kind of, it's just the scary kind of thing. And so um, I'm noticing, I think as a result of just getting more proficient, my confidence is increasing, which translates into just not avoiding as much as I used to. And so I'm able to get more done in a day. Um, but I also, I think there's other factors that are kind of playing into it as well. Just sort of, yeah, just sort of working on, um, and being able to identify, uh, like being able to identify the sort of emotional parts of the process a little bit better and kind of adapting to them, like getting to know myself in that way. So part of it is process and jigs and, you know, skill. And then part of it is that like emotional kind of element that's helping me, um, that's helping me to stay on track and not, uh, and not find it as emotionally sort of draining or demanding as I have in the past. So I think that it, I think it's the combination of that that's causing me to be faster. Um, I, I don't know how many instruments I'd want to build in a year. I, I think it would be cool if I could build 10 or 12, um, in a year. Cause I do also have a part-time job. So, mm. um, I think that would be, I think that would be really, really nice. And I, I see it in my future. I, I, I can get there. Oh, I'm absolutely sure you could. Um, you know, I, to be honest, I, I think your, your work is interesting enough and, and desirable enough that, uh, I'm sure if you wanted to really make this a, a not just a full-time thing for yourself, but a very busy full-time thing for yourself, yeah. you, you easily could as well. But we all have, uh. We all have a different vision of what success means and what success we want. And so yeah. it sounds like you have a good, healthy view on what that is for you. Yeah, totally. I also really, um, unlike most people, I also really like my day job and I, I find it, <laughs> I find it really meaningful. So um, I think that's awesome. That's, I, that's yeah. the dream. That's <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but if you're invocation is your vocation is your invocation, you're in vacation. That's true. Basically, if you really love your job, it's not much of a job. It's more of It's a, not work, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I mean, what's so bad about work? Like, it's, you know, I guitar building definitely feels like work. It's really, really hard. Um, but I also, but I don't dislike it because it feels like work. I, I, there's, there's so many things about it that are meaningful and expanding. And that's like, and that's hard. Like, that's hard to do, but it's also... I think makes me a more sort of depthful person as a prize, a product of that. And yeah, I'm committed to it in that way. So yeah, my day job is also hard, but it's um, in a different way, but uh, yeah, it's, I still really like it. That's awesome. <laughs> That's a great, great note to, to end it on. I think. Sure. Um, not that I want to end it. <laughs> no. I never, please don't, <laughs> don't ever stop talking to me. Um, <laughs> But no, it was, it was fantastic having you, and and unfortunately, eventually the show must end. But we'd we'd love to have you back again if you ever want to reveal more secrets about that trim system. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and thank you so much for for sparing some time for us and and uh, telling us all about your your journey and your vision and uh, R.I.P. Tuna. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's yeah. That's sad, thank Dave. you so much. Lose our little buddies. It's yeah 
I um, but yeah, I I appreciate so much um, being invited onto the show and the opportunity to talk to you. We've sort of talked online a little bit, so it was really nice to do it in real time. Yeah, yeah, likewise on our end as well. So, and uh, to our listeners, thank you as ever for checking out the show. Thank you.